Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from the Rogers Center in Toronto. It's the Indians 5, the Toronto Blue Jays 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I was right. It was a holiday up in Toronto, a rare Monday holiday. And uh, you don't see many day games for the Indians on a Monday. But because of the holiday, the Indians and Toronto Blue Jays decide to play a day game. And it was uh, it was a pretty entertaining game, I got to say. However, because it was a day game, that means I have time to record at night, which means once again, for three days in a row, this is not going to be a habit. This is Cleveland Baseball Nightly. All right, let's get into the storylines of the game. And obviously, the big storyline here is the Eli Morgan revenge game. Of course, Eli Morgan looking for some revenge from that disastrous first start of his major league career in the hurricane against the Blue Jays. And he was pretty fantastic. Six innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs, a walk, and nine strikeouts for Eli Morgan. He does, he does, his only blemish on the day is he does give up a solo, a two-run home run, a two-run home run to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But at this point, who hasn't given up a two-run home run to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I mean, the guy is absolutely destroying baseball. He's got a 1.082 OPS on the season, is hitting 328. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is legit, MVP candidate stuff right now. So no shame in Eli Morgan giving up a two-run home run to that guy. But, I mean, the uh, the strikeouts really kick in in the fourth inning. He uh, After a line-out from Marcus Simeon, he strikes out Bo Bichette. Then he strikes out Hernandez. Comes back in the fifth inning with, two, with three more strikeouts. Uh, strikes out Grichik, Espinal, does give up a double to Kirk, but then strikes out Kevin Biggio at the bottom of the order, uh, and then comes back in the sixth inning, maybe runs out of gas a little bit, although he wasn't at that many pitches. Let's see how many pitches Eli Morgan threw total on the day. It was 92 pitches, 62 for strikes. So at the start of the sixth inning, he's probably not at that many pitches. He gives up a single to Springer, 107.2 mile per hour exit velocity, and then the big 115.2 mile per hour line drive home run to left field. Obviously, that one hurts. It would tie the game. So he actually, for pitching so well for the nine strikeouts, he ends up with a no decision on the day. Uh, the decision wouldn't come until the ninth inning. Shaw would actually get the win on this day. Um Going over to the Illustrator, just to let you know where he was locating everything, it was fastballs mostly up, and then I'm guessing on the on the right edge from the catcher's view. So for Eli Morgan, that would be putting it across the strike zone. So really, those were his two targets on the day when it comes to his fastball. If there were right-handed hitters up, he was not challenging them, challenging them inside with his fastball. In fact, he kept most stuff either up or to the outside edge of the plate for him. Uh, the changeups were all down, and the sliders were snapping across the zone, uh, reaching to that right edge. And he threw a lot for strikes, threw a ton for strikes. Going to the player breakdown here, it's a pretty good day all around. 
for his top three pitches. He threw the fastball a lot, 53 times. 24 swings, only five whiffs, but 11 called strikes on the fastball. So that is big. It's a 30% CSW on the fastball. For the slider, he threw it 23 times, 13 swings, four whiffs. So a little bit better there. Four called strikes. It's good for a 35% CSW on the day. And the changeup was the best on 14 changeups. So he, he did choose his spots to throw the changeup. Nine swings, four whiffs, one called strike. It's good for a 36%. CSW on that pitch. Total overall, 32% CSW. Add in two more curveballs on the day. So that is what Eli Morgan was able to do. Now, what pitches were getting him the strikeouts? Let's get into specifics here. The pitches that were earning him the strikeouts, four of them came via fastball. He went high with a fastball. And let's blow this up nice and big. He went high with a fastball to Tescar Hernandez and got him swinging on that on an 0-2 count, so really mowed him down. Then he threw one right down the pipe to Grichik that Grichik took for a strike three, uh, and then threw two to the right edge of the plate. One got Kevin Biggio on a called strike, painted the edge with that one, and then uh, got Grichik swinging. So Grichik strikes out swinging on a pitch way uh, off the right edge of the plate, but lets one go right down the middle. Go ahead and explain that one, Grichik. Um, and then two sliders, one a high slider to es- Espinal, and then another slider outside to Tescar Hernandez, and then three changeups down. So he got three strikeouts on the changeup. He got George Springer on it, he got Boba Shett on it, and he got Kirk on it. So that is what Eli Morgan was able to do on the day. Eli Morgan, who just got recalled for this game, there was some transactions before this game started. Daniel Johnson and Yu Chang were sent down to AAA. One was to make a roster spot for Eli Morgan so he could make the start. The other one was for Bobby Bradley, who came back from the bereavement list, but didn't start because there was a lefty on the mound and yada yada reasons. Like I, I don't think there's, I don't think they have a good reason for not starting Bradley against a lefty, other than he's a left-handed hitter and it's just kind of an easy thing to do is to say, all right, well, if it's a lefty on the mound, then i got to stack the lineup with righties, right? That's that's what everything tells me. But uh, I think we both know that Bobby Bradley can handle left-handed pitching. Probably should be in there every day. I don't know. Maybe he got in late. Maybe he got in late to Toronto, something like that. But I'm guessing Bobby Bradley is going to be in that lineup more than he's not for the next two months. Um, we got to. We got to. We have to see if he can get that batting average up or if he can hit for enough power that you can live with the batting average being in the low 200s, right? If he keeps that OPS over 800 for the season, you know, you probably could live with that batting average being low. So Bobby Bradley will be back in there. Oh, the OPS is down to 796 now after one at bat today, pinch hitting late in the game. So yeah, he's got some work to do. Uh, the batting average is at 200 and the OPS at 796. He's got to make those numbers look a little better before the end of the season. Uh, otherwise, the Indians are going to probably have a lot of question marks about whether or not he is the first baseman of the future. And I think there were question marks going into the season, obviously, because he doesn't start with a team. Uh, and instead, we get the fun Jake Bowers, Yu Chang combo. That did not work out at all. All right, so that was the big storyline. Eli Morgan definitely proved to the Toronto Blue Jays hitters, uh, yeah, I belong. I belong up here. I think Eli Morgan has a... I think Eli Morgan, I think CJ Mejia, I think Cal Quantrill, I think all these guys have bright futures. Even Tristan McKenzie, I think it's a really bright future for all these starters. 
you're seeing what normal rookies go through. This is normal rookie stuff. I mean, what we saw with the last few guys, and I've said this before, that was abnormal what Clevenger and Bieber were able to do coming up as rookies. This is a more typical path of a rookie pitcher. So will they develop is the big question. And this is a huge step for Eli Morgan. On the road, obviously had to do some traveling because he's called up uh, to make this start, facing a team that has already hit him really hard. And, I mean, he really limits the damage. He's only hard hit five times on the day on 92 pitches. That's that's really good. That's really good. All right. Uh, next storyline. Let's get into the actual story of the game here because the Indians take a 2-0 lead in the third inning. And the Indians had a ton of chances uh, to start this game and just could not really come up with the huge hit. They came up with some small hits, but they weren't able to come up with any huge hits. I mean, the game starts, Ahmed Rosario doubles with one out, Harold, uh, Jose Ramirez singles, but then you get a ground out from Fermil Reyes and a ground out from Harold Ramirez so nobody can come in to score. Uh, it's a great double from Ahmed Rosario, who is really playing well right now. Uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, it's interesting that those two get on base because if I remember correctly in yesterday's game against Chicago, they were on in the first inning and for Reyes hits into a double play in that inning. This time they start the runners. They do a double steal and it wouldn't be their only double steal of the day. Later in the game, Straw and Rosario would do it successfully. Uh, so they put on the double steal. Maybe it was a hit and run. Maybe it was a double steal. But they put the runners in motion. And Fermil Reyes grounds out. And instead of being a double play, it's just a ground out. It gave Harold Ramirez a chance. He he falls down on the swing, uh, hitting one back to the pitcher on a play that looked very bizarre. It's the kind of thing where you have to watch it twice to be like, wait, what just happened there? Oh, he just fell down on the swing. Okay, well, that happens, I guess. Um, so we waste a chance in the first inning, nothing really in the second inning, but then in the third inning, we're able to put the rally together. Straw singles, Ahmed Rosario singles. They would do the double steal there in the third inning, and it would create some runs. Jose Ramirez would pop out, unfortunately, with runners on second and third. And even though we, you know, Jose Ramirez is probably our MVP, um, he was our all-star representative there's going to be days where you just pop out with runners on second and third and nobody out. It hurts, but it happens. Fermil Reyes would walk, and that would bring up Harold Ramirez, who would shoot a uh, single to right field. Did it clip the glove of the first baseman going by? Maybe. Maybe. Who is at first base for the Blue Jays today? That would be Vlad Guerrero Jr., um, and he gets it out into right field. What was the expecting batting average on this one? It was only 80.5 miles per hour off the bat. 570 expected batting average, though. Uh, this is big because he was down in the count. I believe it was a 2-2 count, and he was able to do this. It brings in the first run strong. Ahmed Rosario, unfortunately, gets thrown out from right field on a great throw from Gritchick out there in right field. I can't remember if he was one of those names tossed around because remember there were some talks about the Indians making a big trade in the offseason whether it was uh, Francisco Lindor I think to the Toronto Blue Jays and I feel like Grichik and Tescar Hernandez were both names that were talked about in that trade when Grichik comes up with an absolute beautiful throw to home and if you're going to throw an Ahmed Rosario you are doing something right it just gets him they just get the tag on him before he can get his foot in there 
And uh, unfortunately, he's thrown out. So only one run comes in to score. But Oscar Mercado would single after that, drive in a second run. A nice single. I believe that was left center field. It would bring, or it was left field. That's right, because uh, Tesca Hernandez came up with a terrible throw. And uh, Fermil Reyes was able to come in and score. So uh, it's two runs in the inning. And that's a nice little rally. Like I said, it wasn't the giant run. It was no, you know, Yu Chang with the bases clearing triple that he did in Chicago on Saturday night. How many big hits were there on Saturday night, right? Harold Ramirez with a big shot to center field that brought in a bunch of runs. Nope, it's little singles today, but it was enough to give the Indians and Eli Morgan a lead. Uh, then, honestly, it would turn into strikeout city. Absolute strikeout city. I mean, the Blue Jays struck out 12 times on the day. The Indians struck out eight times on the day. But it just felt like in the middle of that game, uh, the Indians' offense just went cold. And uh, they do get their two runs in the sixth inning, Those two, that two runs on the Vlad Guerrero home run, and that would be it until extra innings. Uh, the bullpen the bullpen for both teams pitched pretty good to finish this thing out. I mean, Robbie Ray's day isn't terrible. He goes six innings, six hits, only gives up two runs, three walks, and four strikeouts on 109 pitches. He's only hard hit four times. So... Honestly, he does give up some hits there, but and he does give up some walks, but he limits the damage, only allows two runs, and really limits the hard hits. Uh, Adam Simber, former Cleveland Indian, would come in and pitch a scoreless inning. Joachim Soria, who is new to the team, would come in and pitch a scoreless inning. Jordan Romano would come in and pitch a scoreless inning. And then Brad Hand would get to pitch the 10th inning. For the Indians, it's G- and I'm, I'm saving that one. James Karinchek would actually come in for the 7th this time. I feel like if you blow a save now, you get rotated down to like the 7th inning. And you got to work your way back up to the ninth, Right? Class A struggled. He dropped down. Karinchek got a chance. He struggled. He got dropped down. Wickren blew it on, on Sunday, so we'll see when he pitches next where they slot him. So Karinchek goes in in the 7th inning. Does give up a walk, but has a strikeout. Has a clean inning on 17 pitches. So that's good for him. A little bounce back. Sandlin gets the job done, even though he gives up a hit, gets the job done in the eighth on six pitches, actually gets a double play to get out of that eighth inning. Brian Shaw gets to pitch the uh, gets to pitch the ninth inning, a walk, but two strikeouts to balance that out. So he has a clean inning. And then Class A comes in to pitch the 10th. Now let's talk about this 10th inning because the Indians get lucky and they get Miles Straw as the runner to start on second base. And that is that is just unfair. I mean, how many times have we seen it where, you know, it's like an Austin Hedges starting on second base? But no, this time we get to start with Straw. And Brad Hand comes in his second game uh, in a Blue Jays uniform after the uh, exodus from Washington where all their players got traded. Uh, on a wild pitch, he moves to third. And then Ahmed Rosario just shoots a really nice single through the left side. Uh, into left field to bring him in to score. That's just solid baseball from Ahmed Rosario right there. And he had himself a pretty good day at three hits, uh, three hits and four at-bats, including a walk. Uh, So, you know, in five plate appearances, an RBI, a run scored. Uh, So, yeah, a really good day from him. And he had a double and two singles on the day. But then Jose Ramirez would come up and put no doubt about it his 23rd home run he absolutely crushes one 
to the foul pole in left field, 106.1 miles per hour, 31 degree launch angle, 408 feet is the distance on that home run. And that's a no doubt about it. And that's just a backbreaker in extra innings like that. And when you're the, um, when you're the home team and the opposing team does that to you in the top of the 10th inning, that is just an absolute backbreaker here. Let's see the location of these pitches here. It was eventually a four-seam fastball that uh, that really did in Brad Hand. Uh, he gets a slider over for a called strike. Uh, gets a, a fastball in on him that he swings at way in down and in. They had no business swinging him. Throws him a slider in the dirt that he lays off and then comes back with the high fastball that he absolutely destroys. Why you would throw him a high fastball in that situation, I don't know, but Brad Hand absolutely paid for it. So that's how the Indians get done. And then Classe comes in and just shuts things down in the 10th inning. A line out, a ground out, and a ground out uh, to end the game. So he's able to do it on 10 pitches to get out of it. Not one of those balls was hit hard. So a great job from Classe picks up the save MVP for the day. I think I got to give it to, Ooh, this is a tough one here. Can I do an offensive and defensive one? Cause I really feel like Ahmed Rosario deserves one here. Like I said, three hits on the day, including the go ahead run. I know Jose Ramirez's home run really shut the door, but Ahmed Rosario's, you know, single there technically is the winning run, uh, bringing in Miles straw. So, a great day from him. Straw had a pretty good day, too, by the way. Two hits uh, and five at-bats, two runs scored, and a double for him. So that's a pretty good day for Miles Straw. Plus made a great, great running catch in deep right center field for Brian Shaw. Actually slid kind of going away from the field, you know, towards the fence. I uh, was able to slide and catch one. And like I said, Miles Straw is going to run down a ton of balls in center field. And it was great to see. It was some really good defense. So I feel like Ahmed Rosario deserves half of the MVP for the day. And then, of course, Eli Morgan for bouncing back with this start against Toronto. You know, other pitchers could have come in and been a little apprehensive facing a team that beat them up so badly. But he really battled, really did a great job with all his pitches. So sharing MVP for the day, Ahmed Rosario gets the offensive one. Eli Morgan gets the pitching one. All right. Fun baseball game. We take the first one of the series in Toronto. We're going back to night games for the next three games. It's going to be Plesak on the mound against Ryu coming up. It's a 7 o'clock game tomorrow night. So, you know, these games are still fun. I know that we're kind of on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. But these games are still fun. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. You can find me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show, Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. I'm always here for your thoughts, so hit me up either way. And thanks for joining me again on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Nightly.